One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas, so you can fit your dental care into your working day. Fast my good afternoon. This is Women Today on Manx Radio with me, Beth Espy. And again, we are on the Conister Rock this afternoon, sharing with our guests some music and memories. And as ever, we do welcome your involvement. If our guests stir some memories in you, feel free to get in touch. Let us know. 166-177 if you want to text. You can email studio at manxradio.com and we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Just use the hashtag MRWomenToday. And on these programmes, we speak to all sorts of people, often very well-known names here in the Isle of Man. And really, it's about finding out more about them. You can find our Conister Rock archive on the Manx Radio website. And on there, there are musicians, sports stars, authors and politicians. And it is a former politician who joins us today, someone who will have been used to a very different style of interviewing here on Manx Radio previously. This person counts Manchester United as something he really, really loves, along with anything with custard. He hates ironing and, having now retired, has returned to a passion for writing music. Welcome to the Conister Rock, former MHK and MLC Leonard Singer. Um, how would you deal, first of all, with being marooned away on the Conister Rock there? Um, well, today, I know that I could do whatever I did, nobody could see me. Um, but and whether I could get back, I don't know. I I don't think I would cope very well without people. What did you think about having to to whittle your music choices down to just five? Because music is something, as as we'll hear throughout this program, that's incredibly important to you. It was um, very very difficult, Beth. Um, and uh, what I've done actually, I, I've tried to sort of arre- deci- I decided what I would choose, maybe from memories of family. Uh, in the past, coming up to modern day, and um, every every one of these stories has some. Every one of these songs has somewhat of a story behind it. Well, we look forward to hearing those Thank throughout you. the course of the program. Let's start at the very beginning, then, Leonard. You were born in Manchester, into what you say was a very stable, a very loving childhood. What do you remember about your very early years? Um, my parents uh, were very, very supportive. My brother and myself. Um, my mother and my father both worked. And they did everything um, you know, to, to help us progress, put me through university. Um, and um, that, that was our main aim. A uh, very loving family. I suppose I was a bit sheltered uh, from anything that uh, a lot of people are exposed to nowadays. Um, and so, yeah, I've got some wonderful memories. And I, I remember my grandparents, um, my grandmother on my mother's side lived to be 97. So, of course, I knew her into my 40s. My grandmother on my other side, and there's a long, a long story about about my, but well, both my sides of my parent, my parents' uh, family. Um, I knew my great grandmother, um, who lived to be about 83, and she came across here, and I say that's a story, and I knew her till I was 10. So I've got some really, really, really nice memories of family in the past. And you mentioned your brother. You got on quite well with him when you were younger. Um, Actually, there's three years difference, and we, our paths didn't really cross because he was totally different to me in that um, I was one of those people to go out in the evening and come back, say, for half past ten, eleven o'clock, just as he was going out. <laughs> so uh, but I, I did see him at mealtimes occasionally. How important was your Jewish heritage growing up? Um, it was important. It's important now. You know at the background um, that that you have this Jewish heritage, uh, there have been occasions when um, 
I've been conscious of it. I have uh, both in the when before I came here and here experienced anti-Semitism um, from people and uh, people who sent me, especially when I was in politics, sending me notes unsigned. Uh, some occasionally people would put their name to it. And I remember when I first, we're not talking about politics, but when I first stood for election for Stockport Council in 1973, one, there were three candidates in the, in the ward, and one of them said, I'm not standing with a Jew. Um, so, but, I, but that is a minority. I've never found, on the Isle of Man, really, I've never found any anti-Semitism effect to me. I've, I used to be asked to speak in churches. I used to read lessons. Um, and speak to church groups, and uh, everybody's been very supportive in it, and it's not made a difference. I've just been—I hope I've just been treated as a person living in the Isle of Man. And I mentioned um, you are musical, and, and music has played a huge part of your life. Now you started piano lessons at the age of five. You weren't keen initially, though. No, I wasn't. No, um, um, I couldn't understand why my parents were laying out all that money for something I wasn't keen on doing uh, until I got to about the age of eleven when I found that I could actually listen to a piece of music and play it. And then, so that has gone in now, and I'm still um, playing, still composing. I, uh, I had brief sojourns into, uh, is that the word, into playing groups, playing in groups. I was, uh, in my early teens, I was a member of the Zephyr Rhythm Group, playing the piano. And then after that, I became a member of uh, Tony Thompson and the Ramrocks, and I was a Ramrock. It sounds like there's more stories there, Leonard. I think we'll have to come back to that one. Um, But you mentioned standing for Stockport Council in 1973. And what's really interesting is that you say you know the exact point at just eight years of age when you thought, I want to represent people and speak up for them. What promoted that? What prompted that? I can can just remember, um, I think I was eight, and I was standing in the front garden with my father. And this man came down, down the road, and he was canvassing. I remember. His, I can't even remember his name. His name was Sam Pepperman, and it was he was uh, canvassing for the local council in, in Presswich. And my father told me what he was doing, and I don't know where it came from. I just knew then I wanted to do things for people, and that was not only um, translated into politics, but also into entertaining as well. Well, let's pause for a moment and take the first piece of music that you've chosen. What is it, and why? Right, I've chosen this piece because. Um, I have five boys, um, two from a first marriage, three from a second marriage. The three, the three second boys, the three from second marriage live on the Isle of Man. Um, my oldest boy, Daniel, um, he died twelve years ago. Um, he was known to his friends as Danny. He had uh, kidney failure uh, from the age of twenty-six. Uh, he had a transplant which didn't work, but he was the most amazing person. That he worked until the day he died. He was so funny. He, he never, uh, the story went to, he arranged to have dialysis in Las Vegas. He went to Las Vegas, and when he was in Las Vegas, because he, he'd got a, a partner, uh, and he knew that he, he wasn't, didn't, wouldn't have long to live, and they, went and they were married in the Little White Wedding Chapel where Britney Spears got married. But then he was really annoyed because he was a, a, a mad um, science fiction fan, and he went round the corner to the Hilton, hotel and found out he could have been married on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> so, um, but he, he, he was marvellous. Um, also, um, so let's see, his friends were known as Danny. Um, and also I lived, my teens were Elvis Presley time. 
And so I've combined the two and, uh, and I've chosen uh, Danny Boy, uh, sung by Elvis Presley. Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and down the mountainside, and I shall You tread above me And then my brain Will richer, sweeter be For you will bend And tell me That you shall rest in peace until you come to Elvis Presley, Danny Boy, the first Conister Rock track chosen by our guest this afternoon, Leonard Singer. And a, a text in from somebody saying, well, I'm crying already. Thank you, Mr. Singer, for sharing that story. Danny will, I'm sure, be singing now. I mean, a beautiful way to remember him, though. Thank you. This is uh, Conister Rocks on Manx Radio. We'll be back in just a moment. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. I'd play a song that would never, ever end Cause I'd love, love, love To dance with my father again Luther Vandross, Dance With My Father, the second piece of music chosen by our Conister Rock guest this afternoon, Leonard Singer. And Leonard, why did you pick that? Well, believe it or not, I'm quite a sentimental person. And I have to say, um, as you get older, you definitely value life more i'm sure of that and you look back at the people you've known in your family life and all the people that you've known and they've gone and uh, as i said to you i had a very loving family and uh, you know you sometimes think to yourself i wish i had just one day i could have my mother back or one day i could have my father back and so this basically is for my family and all those people who i loved and who've gone Every night I fall asleep And this is all I ever dream 
So we are on the Conister Rock with Leonard Singer and we've been talking a little bit about your very early years. Um, I'm imagining what you were like as a schoolboy. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I was well behaved. I wasn't an, I wasn't an, a naughty schoolboy. Um, you did quite well though, didn't you? Because you passed your 11 plus a year early. I did and that was a big mistake. Why? Because I went to grammar school a year early and uh, it was maturity and I found that first year very very difficult uh, and I, funny enough go back to my father again my father was quite clever but he had no opportunity uh, when he was young he was offered a job um, on the Manchester Guardian and he couldn't afford it because his family was so poor he had to go and get a job in a tailor shop because Manchester Guardian paid whatever two pound two pound a week and he got four pound a week so uh, but he actually because I've struggled and I've struggled particularly with geometry and my father actually took my geometry book taught himself again and then taught me that was a sort of uh, support I had wow at what point then I know you'd already decided you wanted to have um, some involvement in politics but at what point did you decide what you wanted to do as a career I think my parents decided they thought being a pharmacist was very nice. I think my mo mother and father liked the pharmacies in the shop down the road. So they thought that would be nice. Um, and so um, yeah, so, that, so that's what I did. And uh, yes, I'm, I did it a long time. Um, you went to the Liverpool School of Pharmacy. Now, there's a whole host of stories around here because you went at the time of the Beatles yes, and yes. Um, you spent a great deal of time at the cavern yourself. I wouldn't say a great deal of time but um, that was at, at lunchtime uh, from college we just walked down to the cavern I think it cost one and sixpence to get in and we used to see Jerry and the pacemakers and uh, all, all the different all the groups at that time and um, yeah we didn't think it was particularly exciting we used to go to the Blue Angel Club um, at night occasionally and uh, I remember the discussion used to be about when the next Beatles record was coming out and what it was going to be yeah, so it was exciting. But I had also connections when I, a bit later on, well, later on I, um, no, no, it was at that time, that's right, because I used to go to, uh, before I went to university, I went to um, college in Salford to do my A-levels, and I used to go with, used to go to a friend's, I used to, and I used to go in his car, and his friend uh, lived uh, not far away, and uh, his cousin, was Elaine Bookbinder. I used to see her every morning. Elaine Bookbinder is Elkie Brooks. Ah, famous uh, friends. Yeah, well, yeah. I used to have Freddie in when my pharmacy, Freddie Garrity, used to be a customer of mine. Uh, I knew um, uh, people from uh, Billy J. Kramer. In fact, the drummer of Billy J. Kramer, Tony Bookbinder, is Elkie Brooks's brother. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, hope you're writing this all down. <laughs> um, we know that uh, music was very important to you. You actually wrote the music for a musical with two friends and you took it to London yeah. and you met the Beatles publisher. Yeah, we, we, with a friend of mine, I wrote the music and another friend wrote the, um, wrote the words, the songs, and another one wrote the actual story. Um, and, we, and we went down to London to see the Beatles publisher, Dick James. And he said he'd like um, one or two changes and um, we went back, but when we were writing, um, my friends, in, the, in his uh, cellar, he had this group practicing, uh, which was Peter Noon, Hermes Hermits. He discovered Hermes Hermits. He went off with them, and then I went up to university, so we didn't actually go any further with the music. I've still got it all at home. 
Mm. Um, you did continue entertaining with a friend of yours who you say had a very good voice and you had a comedy show which you performed <laughs> at charity events and for senior citizens. <laughs> yes. um, you've also, Leonard, done some stand-up comedy so I have to ask you if you have any jokes. <laughs> Yes, I've stood actually up. <laughs> I took the voice to buttons. I've stood up doing stand-up in front of a thousand people. Um, Are you a frustrated redcoat? No, 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 no. When I lived in Tenerife, I also did stand-up comedy. Uh, for in the um, there was a British um, company, like a British group, who put on plays and shows. Um, yes, there was, for example, Beth, there were two snakes in the jungle, and one says to the other, "Are we the poisoning kind of snake?" Or are we the strangling kind? And the other one says, we're the strangling kind. And the first one says, thank God for that, I've just bitten my tongue. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> He'll be here all hour, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We are on the Conister Up with Leonard Singer. I think it's time to pause for your third piece of music. Um, well, I, 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 I love light opera. Particularly, um, I like um, Puccini. Uh, and Puccini comes from, I've been to Luca where Puccini was born. In fact, I'm going there uh, in September. It's Wall Town. And um, this is, the song I've chosen is K. Gilida Manina, which is the Manx version <laughs> for the Italian, which is translated into uh, Your Tiny Hand is Frozen. And this is a song that will bring tears to my eyes for no reason. I just love it. Gosh, you're really in the business of doing that to us all this afternoon with What's your that? choices. Just very, very emotional pieces. Yeah, I know. Can you give me some more handkerchiefs, please? <laughs> The third piece of music chosen by a Conister Rock guest, Leonard Singer. Um, um, what was it called? I knew you'd ask me that. Kaylida uh, Man Manina, which is your tiny hand is frozen. And you were supposed to say, say that, not me. <laughs> well, you are the guest, not me. Um, but a beautiful, beautiful piece of music, which you find very emotional. That's the thing about music, isn't it? It's incredibly evocative. Absolutely. Um, you are chair of the Music Society, so music generally is still, as I say, a huge, huge part of your life. Ramsey Music Society. Oh, yes, yes. Um, we have some wonderful people across, coming across here um, you know, that have, have travelled worldwide. Um, and we meet from every month from September to March and we just wish we could get more people interested because uh, one lady said to me uh, a few months ago she was sitting there and she said I can't believe I'm sitting in Ramsey Grammar School and hearing this quality of music I mean we, we've had people over you know who 
played in Carnegie Hall. Do people sh please come watch out for our concerts because you won't regret it. It's beautiful. We're on the Conestrot with Leonard Singer. We have two more tracks to go. Goodness knows how emotional they're going to be. Uh, we'll find out just after this. <laughs> One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas so you can fit your dental care into your working day. And this is Conister Rocks on Manx Radio. And um, our guest this afternoon, Leonard Singer, has been uh, regaling me with the funny tales throughout that advert break. Thank you very much for that. If we have time for some more of your jokes, we, we may see if we do at the end. Um, so much more to talk about, Leonard, but we're, we're fast approaching the end of the programme. But you left Manchester in 1986. Um, you lived in, in various other places around the world, then moved over here in February 1989. How did that move here come about? Um, well, I... I'd moved in 86 and end of 86 to Tenerife, sold the business. I'd just been remarried, sold the business, uh, came off Stockport Council and went to live there and just sort of, uh, I didn't, didn't have any intention, didn't know what I wanted to do. Lived there 18 months. James, my oldest here, was born in Tenerife. Uh, and then we went to the Algarve. We're doing a little bit in selling property, but not very much. Uh, and then came here. I knew the Alaman. My grandparents used to come here uh, after the First World War. It was a big thing to come to the Alaman uh, on a boat rather than uh, go to Blackpool. Then my parents used to come here, and I was coming here from the 60s. So I knew the Alaman, uh, and uh, and been here now for 30 years next February. And how easy did you find it to integrate into the Manx way of life? Because you made it your mission, not straight away, but to, to get into to Manx politics. That had been your ambition since a young boy. Yeah, I've, I've always thought I've been a political animal. Um, and uh, I came here in 1989, in uh, February, and I think I was elected to Stockport Council 1991. I'd stop, I'm talking about, to Ramsey Council, Ramsey Commissions, 1991. Came top of the poll, actually. And then... I, I, up to 2006, 16, uh, apart from about two or three, two or three years gaps, I've represented the people of Ramsey, either on the commissioners or in the in the keys, and I've been in legislative council, legislative council as well. So yeah, it's been it's been my life. I've done it for 40 years from my first election. You weren't successful in the last general election. Do you think you'll ever do it again? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got to be 39. I think I'm old enough now to retire. <laughs> Uh, tell us about your fourth piece of music then. Well, the fourth, that, that's linked to what you've, uh, what we've just been talking about, really, and that uh, I know Alamans my home, brought up my children here, have a business here, represent the people here. So I thought um, maybe a song from someone who we can say is one of our own, and and I love the voice of Samantha Barks. So and I think so I've chosen Samantha singing on my own from Les Miserables. I love him. But when the night is over, he is gone. The river's just a river. Without him, the world around me changes. The trees are barren everywhere. The streets are full of strangers. I love him, but every day I'm lost.
Samantha Barks on my own, and that's a song that you can play, Leonard. Yes, yes, in, in a manner, you might say, yes. You've got a piano here, I can play it for you. <laughs> well, we're still waiting for your other jokes. Um, you are retired, but as you say yourself, no carpet slippers and pipe for you. Yeah. Uh, writing music does take up a great deal yeah. of your time, and actually... Um, at this year's Holocaust Memorial Service, um, which you help organise every year, you had your music played there. That must have been quite a moment. It was. Um, I, um, I came across um, this piece by a man called Ellie Wiesel, uh, and uh, very moving. He told he was almost a historian for uh, Auschwitz, and. Uh, this, this, the wording was fantastic. I just heard it in my head and I wrote it to music. I'm not an arranger, so I had the great help from uh, Olga, Olga Reggett, who did the arranging for me. And uh, Paul Costain sang it. Yeah, it was it was touching for me and everybody seemed to... Um, I don't think the word is to like it, but uh, everybody was affected by it. Yeah, I'm writing something else at the moment, another, another couple of pieces. Um, which will need arranging. Possibly, we will use at this year's uh, Holocaust Memorial Service. And you've passed on your musical talent to at least one of your boys. And um, one of them was a professional rock drummer who travelled the world. Yeah, Jeff, who's in uh, Manchester. Yeah, he 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 was uh, in a uh, well, he was in several different uh, groups, but he, one called Paradise Lost, who are quite well known in their genre, and used to travel all over the world. You know, for one concert, he go to Russia or he go to Brazil or whatever. Uh, he's obviously he's come out of that now. He's got uh, three small boys, uh, and so he's got a proper job. <laughs> so you've got three grandsons. You've got one on the way. It's a very male-dominated family. Yes, I've got five boys. Um, as you say, I have five boys. Three, three, three boys' grandchildren. Another grandchild coming, who's a boy. You know, I've I've never had to buy a pretty dress, but then I'm not sure I'd find one that suited me. Oh dear. <laughs> Insert groan here. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about your Manchester United obsession. That started what at the age of eleven again. That was a very pivotal point for you. That oh, age, yes, wasn't I, it? Yes, yes. I, I knew Bobby Charlton when he was in short trousers. <laughs> um, the other thing that you do love is travelling, and I love the fact this must be a great story. You met our present Lieutenant Governor twelve years ago when you were in some far flung yes, place. Yeah, I was um, travelling. Um, I, I was. I went to. Uh, Nigeria with the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association. Nobody, it's only, I think I went with Eddie Lowey and Claire Christian. I don't think anybody else wanted to go. And uh, we went to these receptions uh, every night. And every night was the same reception. And we were at one reception one night and Ed, I was with Eddie and we were, we were quite bored. Don't know if you should say that. Um, and uh, this man came up to us and said, uh, you look, you're looking bored. We said, yes. He said, uh, do you want to lift back? He, he said, "I'm the uh, high commissioner," <laughs> and he took us back in his uh, to the hotel. And then, at the, when the governor was um, inaugurated here, I was invited to the evening, and I, I walked into government house, walked up to him, and he says, "Hello, Leonard." <laughs> uh, and isn't that an amazing coincidence that it? It was him. What a fantastic yeah. story. Um, so much more to talk about. I mean, obviously, we're not here today to talk um, politics. You want me to come back tomorrow? Well, I mean, you could film any programmes with those gags, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> looking back, though, that childhood dream at eight of wanting to represent the people and speak up for them, how would you assess your political career overall? Um, I can look back 
uh, and I can see things that I've done, um, which make me very proud, actually, the fact that I have, have made achievements. It, well, it is very frustrating. Uh, I'm trying to work a little bit outside government now with introducing people, and that's even more frustrating, to tell you the truth. But then, that, again, that's a, another hour programme. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I don't regret it for one moment. I've loved every minute of it. Uh, I w it's something that w I would do again, definitely. You're still um, chair of the League of Friends for Ramsey Cottage Hospital, which was a, in itself a huge political hot potato for a long time. Um, in certain ways, it still is, actually. But, but um, again, <laughs> that's not for this programme. <laughs> uh, would you encourage other people to, to get into politics, though? Is it still something that you're, you're hugely passionate about? I'm, I'm passionate about politics. I, I think it's got to suit a person. Um, you've really got to be determined that this is something you want to do. You can't go into politics casually because you can't do the job. You just let people down if you don't do it properly. Well, Leonard, it has been a very entertaining hour with you. I'm going to let you do one more joke before we finish. Um, my grandfather, he had two jobs. He was a vet and he was a taxidermist. So you always got your pet back. Oh, dear. No, all right. <laughs> we'll leave it there. I'm sure there is a career there for you on the gaiety stage at some point. Um, but this is all about hearing uh, your chosen pieces of music. Tell us what you've chosen as your final piece and why. The final piece um, reflects my Jewish heritage. Uh, it's a prayer translated, Our Father, Our King. And it's, it's called Avinu Malkenu, Our Father, Our King. It's a prayer for peace. It's a prayer for compassion. It's a prayer to remove hatred uh, from, from, from the world. Um, and it's, it's being sung by my most, most, most favourite artist, and that is Barbara Streisand. She sings it in Hebrew, but it's Our Father, Our King, Avinu Malkenu. Leonard Singer, thank you so much for sharing your music and memories with us this afternoon. I've enjoyed it, thank you. Sponsors of Women Today for all aspects of today's dental care. Highly recommended throughout the Isle of Man.